This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the wheat markets for Friday, February 17th. Well, yesterday in the markets, actually the grains were pretty quiet. We didn't have a lot of price action either way, uh, just chopping sideways. For or By the end of the day, Chicago wheat was uh, slightly lower. Kent City was slightly higher. Minneapolis was steady to slightly higher. Corn about unchanged after a lower start. Soybeans basically unchanged as well. So not a lot of price action going on yesterday. I don't expect to see a lot today either. We've got a, a holiday on Monday. The, the trade has been, it looks like, kind of just uh, reducing their position size. And the volume has been fairly light. Obviously yesterday it kind of looks that way today too from the night session, which is fairly quiet. Chicago wheat has been down about uh, six cents, but uh, coming into the break, it's down only about two. Kansas City is up one. So it's interesting to watch those two markets in particular uh, diverge. Chicago clearly has a, a bearish slant to it. Kansas City not quite ready to give up the bullish uh, support. And I think that's just largely because of the dry weather across the Southern Plains. They've missed out on the rains that were forecast to come through. They did not materialize. And uh, pretty much at least the two-week forecast still has us in a dry uh, condition. So that takes us to the end of February. We'll be breaking dormancy by then in the far south. And so you're looking at a crop that went into, poor into dormancy in poor conditions, hasn't had moisture really at all uh, through the winter and now you're you're pretty much ready to start the growing season in the far south and there just isn't any relief in sight. It is so bad actually that there were numerous dust storms across the western southern plains creating some traffic problems and some accidents so it just kind of underscores the dry conditions down there now the wind isn't going to help. You're going to be, the, the crop is even more at risk from uh, getting uh, cut off from the blowing sand. And what little moisture might have been in the near the topsoil is going to get sucked right out of the soil anyway. So that's definitely uh, a problem for the crop. And again, poor conditions to start with, you're, you're going to be looking at even uh, poorer conditions as we get the growing season started. So you're going to have to see some rain materialize quickly in the far south and at least show up in the forecast in the central plains and that just has not been happening. On the flip side of that we do see La Nina fading. We do see El Nino uh, starting to show some signs of, of uh, beginning. Uh, it's not official but uh, the, you know the, the eastern Pacific temperatures are equatorial temperatures are suggesting that uh, El Nino is on the way. Is it going to be here in time? It's hard to say, but with La Nina fading, it would suggest that you're going to see more weather systems being able to come into the southern, uh, the southwest. The monsoonal rains would have a better time coming in, but again, we, we just haven't seen that happen yet. In the rest of the country, things look much better. Across the Midwest, for the most part, the drought is is over. may not be officially over, but we've had very good moisture across 
the western Midwest. A lot of that's come in rain, uh, snow, excuse me, but nevertheless, there's a great deal more moisture. Even the northern plains is in a better situation. Still relatively dry across the far northern reaches of the plains, but there is a major system forecast to come through, uh, you know, southern Montana into southern North Dakota, South Dakota, through the northern Midwest. So we'll see if that materializes. But there are systems coming through. The forecast does show that uh, they are able to come through at least. And that it certainly will help limp things along until we get into the heart of the growing season. In South America, Argentina is kind of in a similar boat to the southern plains. We've, we've had dry conditions for so long, fed uh, the, the plus side there is they've had some scattered rains. This week actually, you know, they had scattered rains through the north and then the south. So again, there too, enough to limp along. But for the next week and a half to two weeks, it looks like they're headed for another dry spell. So that's probably going to lend some support to the corn space and could ultimately uh, offer support to the wheat space. But Argentina, you know, the, the forecasts have been there and the rains have come, uh, but they've been not widespread soaking rains. And again, just enough to kind of limp things along, but not enough to really feel confident that you've got enough moisture, at least it, even in the topsoil, not to even mention the subsoil, which is pretty much uh, still pretty dry. So Argentina not out of the woods yet. On the flip side of that, of course, you have Brazil in the process of cutting a, a record soybean crop and right behind that planting what could well be a record corn crop. Uh, it looks like weather conditions will be conducive for harvest through the weekend, but then as you get into next week, the forecasts are calling for widespread rain through central Brazil, uh, anywhere from one to four inches. So that if that materializes, that would slow down harvest uh, for soybeans, but at the same time, offer some very good planting conditions for corn. So it's, you know, depending on how you look at it, it could be good or bad. Getting back to wheat, uh, I think we're looking at some pretty notable headwinds coming at us. Number one, you know, we're in the time of year when the seasonal tends to be fairly weak anyway, through the middle part of February. Um, the uh, the Russians, of course, have been major exporters, as has uh, uh, South America, or excuse me, Australia. We're also looking at uh, the Grain Corridor Agreement. The, the deadline there is the middle of March. There, there is talk from the UN that negotiations will start at the end of February. I, you know, Russia's been uh, sounding some dismay at, uh, you know, Ukraine selling grain to countries that aren't starving. And they have a point, but the bottom line is that I, I, I don't see this corridor shutting down. You know, Russia's trying to exercise what little leverage they have and remove some of the sanctions against them, but it's, or all of them actually, but it's not going to happen. And they're not going to close the corridor down because it shuts off their exports as well. So there's going to be a lot of back and forth and a lot of rhetoric and, and threats, but at the end of the day, I just don't see the corridor closing. Russia's done their best to slow down the inspections of Ukraine ships, and that has had an effect. But also at the end of the day, it's, those ships are going to move, they're going to get filled, they're going to come through and back out of, uh, you know, the, the Turkey-controlled strait. So it's it's still going to continue to be uh, a, a major export corridor for the world. 
for Ukraine, we're starting to get some uh, estimates of production for this coming year. They're, uh, one of their domestic grain trade organizations is estimating that 2023 all grain and oilseed harvest will be at 64.8 million tons, which is down 8 million from this past season. They expect that corn production will be 21 million tons, which is down 6 from this year, and wheat production at 17 million tons is down 4 million from this past year. Corn exports are expected to be 20 million tons, that's down 2.5 from this year's projection, and wheat exports at 14 million tons actually would be up a half million from this year. Now Russia stole a lot of Ukraine's wheat at the beginning of the war, but um, I, I think that, you know, looking at what their challenges were seeding winter grains, you know, it, it stands to reason that wheat production would be down quite a bit, and it's expected to be, but exports pretty steady with last year. Corn still is, um, you still have potential, obviously, to plant more corn, but if the war is still ongoing, which it sure looks like it will be, it's going to be difficult to, to get that going. So that's some early estimates coming out of Ukraine. Not a big surprise. The trade had pretty much factored in about a 30% drop in grain production coming out of Ukraine for this year. Uh, we've got the Egg Forum starting up uh, next week. We expect to see some estimates for the next kind of a 10-year projection. We don't look for any big surprises there coming out of USDA. One other thing that uh, is starting to ramp up and get more attention, of course, is the avian flu that has been around for months, had a huge impact last fall. Now we're going to see the migration kick up again as we head into spring. It's expected that that's going to uh, it's already showing evidence that the, the bird flu is spreading quickly. Uh, you know, other foreign countries are trying to use some some vaccinations or some sort of medication for that. But we're seeing huge uh, losses of flocks here in the U.S. and around the world as well. So it's going to keep egg prices high probably. Um, but it's also going to lower demand for feed grain, at least to some market degree. You know, if you have that widespread of bird flu coming at us again, it's bound to have an effect. Now you can re restock your flocks much more quick, quickly than you can, uh, you know, the red meat sector. But still, at least in the short term, it's probably going to have a, a notable drop in feed grain demand. So moving forward, I think, um, you know, again, Chicago wheat clearly looks like it wants to go down. We're quickly approaching the first level of support. Wouldn't surprise me to see the market stabilize here, maybe bounce for a day or two. But I think as we work our way through the end of February and then into March, I think Chicago wheat just struggles. You know, soft red winter wheat production prospects are good. We have good moisture pretty much everywhere. And you've got an increase in acres. Uh, around the world, you know, your, your crop looks fine. Even in the Black Sea, it looks fine what's been planted. Europe is in much better shape than they were uh, last year. So just the prospect of a big northern hemisphere crop is growing significantly. The only major trouble spot is here in the United States in the Southern Plains for hardwood winter wheat, which explains why Kansas City is reluctant to move down against Chicago. So that spread is widening back out fairly quickly. You've got the marches at 136 over. Uh, the maize at 113 over. I think there are some opportunities stepping up here. I think once we see 
it, you know, if and when it happens, rains coming to the Southern Plains, I think Kansas City hits a wall. And I think that spread starts to narrow up. So just keeping an eye on that, looking at that as potentially a good opportunity. Not not even just for the 2023 crop, but even looking out to 2024, I think uh, provides some opportunity with that spread. So just some things to keep in mind as we move forward. If you have any questions, you can give me a call at either 1-800-888-9843 or myself, 513-815-1701. This is Ben Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.